December 7th, 2014, is a Watt from Pedro Show. Uh-huh. 
For Pedro show, happy Sunday! Hey, yeah. brother man, how are you? Good, good. You went up to Venice yesterday. Yeah, right? we had a real cool time. That yeah. was pretty cool being a wingman. Five zero, yeah, You're a wingman, brother man. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we started to show off. Well, before that, we got a guest, brother man, all the yeah. way from Chi Town. Welcome, the, uh, the INET, uh, Mr. John Langford. Skype Welcome man. aboard. Hey, good good day to you. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, great, great. Uh, we played some music from, uh, well, we'll get into your journey, but uh, some of your first stuff, maybe, we'll, we'll know that when we hear your story. Uh, John Coltrane's Configuration, and then after that, Never Been in a Riot, Mekon's uh, 32 Weeks, Heart and Soul, Where Were You, I Have to Dance Then, On My Own. These are t- two of my favorite records when I was a more younger man and uh just blew me away. So thanks for being part of that. We've got lots of your other music since then, but I just wanted to get that right out of the way. So you uh, play the early stuff. That's why I was a drummer. That's right. That's right. Well, let's see. Where are you from? Where were you born? In Wales? Newport in South Wales. Okay. Little seaport. Well, not a little. I say little seaport town, but I just like saying the word little because it's not. It's massive. But It's across uh, the river from uh, uh, Bristol. Bristol. Right. I never yeah, got to play yeah, there. Just I, down the road from Cardiff, and it's in Monmouthshire, which is the bit of Wales which was always fought over. So there's, there's some of it's Welsh speaking, some of it's really English. It's like you know, did you a very Creole Creole place? Did you grow up speaking Welsh? No, we didn't, we didn't speak Welsh. You, in Newport, you're more likely to hear people speak like Polish or Urdu or something like that, or Somalian than you would oh. have speaking Welsh. Because it's on the border, or, or th- th- those are immigrant That's cats, right? Seaport. seaport town, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. Like people, sailors. Think, think Shirley Bassey. <laughs> Shirley Bassey, <laughs> great singer. Every day. When I got to play Albert Hall with the Stooges, she w- Stooges and Shirley were the only ones that had real bands. Everybody else was lip syncing. 
Really? Much respect to her. Yeah. Oh, she she wouldn't do it without a real band. She still sings great, I think. You know. So. Yeah, she. Uh, she's like Alvin Jones. You know, keep you just keep making music till. Yeah. You, you get checked out. <laughs> you know, there's, well, there's some people like uh, Arthur Rimbaud, right? They only did it a couple of years. But other cats, they have to do it the whole life, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, that's, that's been something that's interested me, actually, because I've, you know, I should have probably given up when I was 30, and now I'm 57 and I'm still still doing it. And I feel like what I'm doing as, as interesting now as what it was then. So it's, it's a strange thing. Okay, back, back to uh, Newport there. Do, do you remember your first music experience? Like first song? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Tom Jones was a big influence in Wales. You He's know, a Welsh dude, right? Yeah, when I was a kid, my grandmother and my mother and my her sister they all listened to Tom Jones, and Tom Jones was this, you know, he's the only only pop star really. Then Shirley Bassey as well. But when I was about thirteen, I, I heard T Rex, Jeepster by T Rex on the radio, and uh, that's what you remember. That's what that's why I remember sort of being my music, you know. The, the first gig that I went to, you know, a concert, and I yeah. was fourteen, and it was T Rex. <laughs> no, really, I never, I never Long saw T Rex play live. I wish at I the had. Long Beach Auditorium here. Oh uh, man, what a trip! You saw him in the states. I saw him in Long Beach, right across the bridge here, right, maybe seven, eight miles from Pedro here. Oh, they wow. tore down the pad. It's now. Uh, the Long Beach Opera House. And in fact, in those days, the back room they used to film those Don Kirshners. You ever see them Don Kirshner Presents? All right. Well, yeah, well, Mark, well then, you know, in, in Britain, you know, every, everybody was into, like, football hooliganism and, you know, stuff like that. And when David Bowie and Roxy Music came out, that was, that was an interesting time because music had been very hippie and progressive before that. And then suddenly it was like, all the football hooligans were going to the gigs, and it was a different different atmosphere altogether, you know. So I, yes, Slade, T Rex. I saw Slade with ten years after. Oh, it's Slade <laughs> with ten years after. Wow. There's an echo. In That's here, a weird one. That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, the opening band was Gary Wright. It was all synthesizers. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. So you're 13. You hear T Rex on the radio. Up to that point, you never uh, bought records. You never really played music. No drums. No, nothing, nothing at all. Never even thought. Didn't think it was possible. You know. Okay. It seemed like you at those days. You seemed like you had to go to music school for. Sure. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. Everything was about playing lots of notes and you know smoking a lot of pot and having really long hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. But uh, we now we were. I, there was a few bands hey, I liked. Was it wasn't Budgie from Wales? Who's that? Budgie. Budgie, yeah. <laughs> no, he's still uh, he's still out playing. Kind of boogie Bert, rock, Bert, right? Bert Shelley. Yeah. My cousin's got a band in Wales, and he said Bert Shelley offered to play bass for him for fifty quid. Wow. A few weeks ago, he's still just playing the clubs, working men's clubs, and okay. pub in Wales, yeah. I think even Badfinger was Welsh, right? Badfinger, John Cale. John Cale, yeah, that was a you know, I really I I knew about John Cale before I knew about the Velvet Underground, which was you know, that's bad, a trip. bad punk rock chronology. You know. <laughs> it's all right, man. It is what it is. <laughs> here, here, let's hear some more your your music, okay? 
Howdy-do. Almost time for my ride to Prague. Five more minutes. Time enough for another Tawny port? <laughs> of course there is. Goes so well with the MDMA. Those guys are always late anyway. My pal's name is Footfoot. He always likes to roam. My pal's name is Footfoot. I never find him home. I go to his house. At his door, he come out and say, Foot, 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 I got so involved in my ice sculpture of champion log splitter Newt Hampson, I lost track of the time. I'll be right there. Yeah, I know we got a pickup late. Chill. He's always late anyway. Feeling a bit damp? A hot shower, perhaps. That'd be just right. Those guys will be late anyway, like usual. The juniper and the love child. They met one day at camp. They said hello to the unicorn. Want to Verity for the ride? Please. Would you mind? Of course. Yeah, it won't take the CD. Jeez, how'd you jam all those Cheetos brand delicious crunchiness cheese snacks into the CD tray? Never mind. Radio? Oh, fine. Jeez, that sounds like something Maroon was singing in the house. I do so hope he's ready. Throw me your torta. Throw me your torta. Both tortas. There 
from Pedro Show. Uh, at the top of that, we heard John Lanford and his Sadie's doing American Pageant. And after that, something brand new from Kyoka, Toy Planet, uh, and Vince Maroney, Brother Vince. Yeah, and, uh, cool. Uh, Ride to Prack, Atomic Sherpa's new album. Uh, we like to abbreve a lot here, so Prack is short for practice, you know? You know what really bugs me? I'll tell you, not to get too much into semantics, but this fucking rehearse <laughs> word when you're going to practice with your guys. It's such a self-important. We, we never do that. Okay, great. Then you're, I'm on board with you there. And then finally, the Waco there Brothers. Rehearsal involved in what I do. Yeah, I, I think actors rehearse. You know, dudes who play music practice. Okay, uh, see Willie fly by Waco Brothers after that. Which you, there, I got quite a few Waco Brothers in the mail from uh, good people at Bloodshot. And uh, that's a great band, too. But maybe that's a little more in the past now. No, Waco Brothers is still going oh, as well. So it's concurrent. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. My, my whole thing is that, you know, once you join the band and start doing it, it just goes on forever, so. Oh, yeah. I, I like <laughs> that. I like that. Uh, so, so we're at this point where you, yeah, who gets to make music? You have to go to music schools. Because I thought, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I thought Mekons was from Leeds. Yeah, we formed the Mekons. I went to art college up in Leeds in 1976. Oh, okay, okay. And then the Sex Pistols and the Clash came around and everybody threw their paintbrushes away and just formed bands. And oh, so you left Newport, okay. I, I graduated yeah. in 76 too, Pedro High. Okay, yeah. okay. But the Mekons, you know, was 
was kind of extreme because no, nobody in the band was a musician or had ever really played any music before. Yeah. But we just saw all our friends forming bands, so we thought, well, we should have a band as well. Yeah. We'll have a band where, you know, nobody could play. And I think it's the one point in one point in history where that was kind of like not such a ludicrous idea, you know. No, it actually is beautiful. And it's one part of the movement I think is still healthy because you still got cats just making bands. And hopefully yeah, we just, we just sort of like, you know, we ended up, we had gigs and we didn't know what we were doing. And, and we just had to work out something that people would be able to do something to. So Now, 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 you didn't grow up with these guys. These are cats you meet at school, right? Yeah, well, I met the guys from the Gang of Four and the Mekons as, sort of, as soon as I got to Leeds, like the first day. I just ran into these guys, so it was a it was a strange thing, you know. But but they're they're England, they're not Welsh, right? They they were English boys. Is, yes. is there a big difference with that? Yeah, while well, one of the things about them is they were they were also um, they were kind of like from private schools as well, you know. So oh. They were ter- terribly working class boys, I would say. Although the bass player Dave Allen, the bass player in the Gang of Four, was a good northern lad you know okay. but it was a it was an interesting mixture of people because I thought I was pretty slick when I was living down in Newport and I went off to university but I suddenly realized when I got there what a provincial hick I was you know and oh. <laughs> <laughs> I met all these terribly sophisticated people with you know who'd read lots of lots of books and knew all the theory and it was it was interesting on you know some hey, level. hey there was a two bass band part of this uh with yeah, Delta Five. That's right, Delta Five. It was the bass player. I was the original guitar player in Delta Five. Wow. And Rock was the Mekons bass player. She she left the Mekons to form it. So. Okay, so what you ha- is this the same school that that Who Records from? Yeah, that's okay. where we used to eat our egg and chips every day. Is where they play? Yeah, the, the refectory at Leeds University. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I just liked the record when it came out. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a really good record. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, it, was, it was pretty wild. But Yeah, uh, we, you know, we, people used to, they used, they used to have fantastic bands. We saw the Runaways there. I saw okay. John Cale there. The Boys played there. You know, the first, as soon as I got to college, that, that punk thing was kind of brewing up. And then... The Pistols played the Poly, which was just down the street. You, know, and it was, you guys had two singers, right? The Mekon's original band, was, yeah, it was two guys, Andy Corrigan and Chalky White. And that was singers. a little different. Yeah, because they used to swap it around, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of punk bands. Everybody, everybody used to sing, so it was a, you know, it was a weird thing. Okay. That first record, man, what, what, what is it? Fasting? I sing one on the first record, and I was the drummer, so it was, you know, it was all. Which one is yours? I'm singing Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. The, that, yeah. That's the opus. That's like the almost three-minute one, right? This uh, is going... <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, somebody, sounds like somebody's plucking a chicken. Who, whose idea was the art, the art? You know, the microphone and then the speaker. I mean, it's like so fucking happening. That one was... That was Bob Last who had the label, did the artwork for the first record. We didn't... Fast, fast. Yeah, fast product. We didn't even know you could make artwork for your record, so we just let the record company do it. Oh, wow. But then we saw it, we were like, oh, that's cool, but we should do the next one ourselves. So I, I did the next one. But then one went on to a big label, and they put the wrong band on the ba- I think it was your uh, those other no, guys. It was, of, it was the Gang of Four. We put, that, we, we put that picture on the back. Oh, you did that on purpose? Yeah, we, well, we did it on purpose, but the, I think the record company thought it was a picture of us because they... <laughs> 
they weren't terribly involved in our career. You know? <laughs> It's the one <laughs> with the monkey. Idiots, but. You got the typewriter and the monkey, right? Now that this is based on the theory of you know you give enough time, a room full of chimps can type out all of Shakespeare, right? Yeah, or, or you could put enough mecons in a room, they might come up with a sort of rock song. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it would take an infinite number of mecons to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, as far as like rocking singles. That 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 the one I'll have to go home by myself and uh, you know uh, uh, yeah I have to dance it on my own yeah that's a slamming record you know for just starting out well we thought you know we've done the first one was done in like a cottage in Scotland with like one microphone and it was just you know it was just it really sounded like we've never been a riot really sounded like us in a rehearsal room or something. And we were kind of, you know, we just thought, well, we can make a backer record. That. We can make a record. That, we wanted to make a record that sounded like a T-Rex record or, a, you know, Velvet sure. Underground record or something like that. We weren't trying to be, you know, really pop, but we just wanted to make something that did the job. So now, That's a beautiful signal. The, the album kind of tripped me out, and then you came out with a double seven-inch. And then I never heard from you guys again for a while, long while. Uh, we did another album, but we got Virgin didn't want to deal with it, so they kicked us off the label. Oh, we were just like we were kind of bored with. We were playing a lot of live gigs, and there was a lot of fighting and trouble at the gigs, and it was really not a very cool scene in England at that time. Yeah, and uh, so Virgin dropped us because we tried to make an album which was much more kind of like kind of folk music based you know we sw swapped instruments we started having our bass player could play the violin a bit and we started using a lot more like loops and you know like almost like dub reggae type things and wow. distort pianos and we were just you know it's after the it was around the same time as public image were making metal box I think oh, okay. we, were just, we got really bored with punk rock punk rock in England got really stupid really quick and it was like a lot of a lot of kind of heavy metal guys who just kind of, you know, got their trousers taken in and played a bit faster. And Actually, just I, I detected some of that even early on, like Slaughter and the Dogs and stuff. You could tell, like, there was some of that over here, too. You could tell dudes were going for the ride. Yeah, and it was like, and it became like a genre, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah. It was when punk started. It was almost you could do anything you wanted, and everything you could do anything. The more extreme you were, and the weirder you were, the better. Yeah, then, yeah. And it became like just a very narrow little cul-de-sac of like, and then the Mohicans and the, you know, you had to have a leather jacket and yeah, all that. People ask me about that, and I say that's what really hurt was people thinking it was a style of music instead of state yeah. of mind. It was a state of mind, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to tell people who weren't there, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you're here to say that. So what happened? You guys pulled the plug on Mekons, right? No, we, uh, the, well, the business what? pulled the plug on us. We okay. did have a, the, well, no, I have a record here from a couple of years ago called Ancient and Modern, so I know the band kept going. But as, as far as like that version, because did, didn't it have another incarnation even after this? The, the ladies started coming in the band, right? Yeah, that's right. But around about 1983, Susie joined, and then Sally did some stuff with us. And uh, yeah, it became, I was like, oh, that's, it's much more civilized when you have women in the band as sure, well. And that's sure. one of one of the things punk rock did. Well, we well, we always had actually Roz was the bass player, then Mary was the bass player. Yeah, but it was always, you know, it was always much better. 
I don't know. So, I mean, it was more like it started to turn into a little weird community because after the Virgin dropped us and the second album came out and nobody was, you know, we didn't feel like anyone was really very interested and the press kind of hated us. So it was a very fruitful time for us to sort of, you know, work out what we wanted to do. And we actually, we could have split up and we could have just wandered off to the corners of the world, but uh, we were all, we were all still friends. So it was, uh, yeah, it became like, that's when it started as the sort of Mekons more of a loose kind of project rather than a, just a straight rock and roll band. Yeah, right. And by this time you guys had left Leeds, you're in London or something? I was still up in Leeds, but some okay. of the guys were in London. Some people, people were scattered, yeah. Did Mekons ever come and, and at that time play the U.S.? We played once at Haraz in New York. New York City, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, New Year's Eve, uh, uh-huh. 1980, 81. We went on stage in 1980 and we came off in 81. <laughs> it, was the, it was just before the Reagan presidency, you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It was a great gig because I met Lester Bangs at that gig. We, he came, came, came up to us after the gig and we went to a party the next night with Robert Quine from the Voidoids. And, yeah, I got to record with him once. Oh, he was a really nice bloke. And yeah. then Lester Bangs, right? You know, Lester was really... Lester was really strange. Uh, people warned me about Bob Quine. Oh, he's going to be belligerent. But he turned out to be the nicest cat. I got to do uh, Visions of Johanna with him, a freeze out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no, really he, nice was he was very, very friendly. And uh, Lester was just hilarious. I mean, he. I never got to meet him, but I know he was a good buddy of Richard Meltzer's. He yeah, came up and said, "So, why do you guys play this dog turd music?" And we were like, "That's a very good description. Can tell you're a rock critic." That's a. Yeah. He's got. You meant to, it is dog turd music. You went. You're meant to defend yourselves, and we're going like, "Why?" He's gone. That's the most revolutionary band. A band that doesn't even like itself. And we're going like, "No, we don't. It's dog shit music." <laughs> so you. He wrote some sleeve notes. I'll write sleeve notes for your next album. We didn't have an album. So <laughs> one of the reasons we put out the Mekon story was because Lester Bangs had written these sleeve notes in which he interestingly mentioned Budgie, which is a strange thing, as you mentioned Budgie to me earlier. Oh, yeah. Power Trail, they called it Boogie. I remember yeah. when I was yeah. younger, when I was, uh, well, more younger, Teenager, somebody had a bootleg of King oh, Crimson. <laughs> King Crimson, okay? And it's in between songs, and I guess a guy's sitting on a stool or something, and some cat in the crowd yells out, Boogie! And he had a microphone, he didn't sing, but he would rap between tunes. So <laughs> he gets on the mic, and he is fucking pissed off. He's like, we do not boogie. <laughs> and meanwhile, here's John Wetton, like with a body shirt and you know, blow-dry haircut. <laughs> but he played, he played some wild bass, but man, the image of him. Oh, yeah. I, th- I always think of that when I think of... I thought Budgie was a pretty good boogie power trio, man. <laughs> oh, I thought Budgie they had some good cool. licks, yeah. They were good. <laughs> no, but anyway, I think Lester Banks said the Mekons were better than the Beatles and better than REO Speedwagon and Budgie combined. <laughs> REO Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> one time D. Boone and I had a talk with their singer. And the dude's <laughs> hair was so big. It was a trip. Because he was actually the same size as him, but the hair was really big. There's and like he, three foot more of hair on top. Yeah, and he's talking to D-Boom real serious. We get done playing with some pad in the valley. And he says, you know, I kind of feel like you do. <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, here's both of us working for the man. <laughs> and Timon's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, that was a surreal mo- a moment there. Okay. You, you came back to the U.S. Because, like, right now, I'm talking to you from Chicago. Yeah. I Well, the Migons came over. We put out an album about 85 called Fear and Whiskey where we'd been like just puttering about in the wilderness you know I had another band called the Three Johns which was quite a sort of happening band in England it was a three piece like really noisy and then but the Mekons were all the time the Mekons were still doing things because like I said we were mates and we would, would all be trying to think of weird things to do and uh, we got enough material together for an album we put out an album called Fear and Whiskey and for some reason it really kind of took off in the States so somebody said you guys should go to the play in New York we've sold like a thousand albums in New York you should go and play there so so we did and that kind of ended up with me you know moving there okay wow like you do you go where it's comfortable where the grass is green you go there <laughs> okay okay and then, uh, well, what about these uh, these John Langford thing? Like this old Waco brother. And... Well, the Waco brothers. You know, when it, when I moved to the states in '92, it was kind of the end of again. The Mekons had been on a major label, and we got got kind of dropped, and it was just a just a bit of a rough time. And I was I had nothing going on really, so uh, I met some guys in Chicago. Who we kind of interested that a guy from this band called Wreck, Dean Shalbowski, asked me if I wanted to do like a country band with him. And I had no idea, you know, what that would involve. And sort of playing some Johnny Cash covers, I was like, I can do that, yeah. So we just played in little bars and, and it, it was really good fun. And uh, uh, slowly it turned into a real band, you know, and then Bloodshot Records started, formed around the same time. They knew I was in town and they asked me if I would do a track for their first compilation album. And it kind of just, the whole thing kind of spiraled out of that. And then suddenly, you know, by about 95, we had a full-blown kind of hard country band playing around the clubs and bars. And what was interesting for me was that with the Mekons was very much, you know, like came out of an art school environment and there was lots of, you know, things you possibly had to understand about where we'd started and about the history to even get into the band the Wake Up Brothers was just this completely direct assault you know and it was just you could put this band anywhere on a Friday night and they would just kick you know so so how long were they going on how long was that band happening uh, that band's still going oh cool cool is it 22 years I don't know with the Wake Up Brothers yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's, it's about it got to be, it's got to be 20 years of the Waco Brothers now. Oh, awesome. 20 years. Wow. Yeah, but we're, it's the sort of band that doesn't really celebrate anniversaries. <laughs> <laughs> we celebrate divorces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't ask you about uh, music. Uh, how, how did you get on the drums? I don't know because I didn't have any any musical talent whatsoever so I thought drumming would be the easiest way in you know okay. I was just desperate to be in a band when I was like 15, 16 I was desperate to stop playing organized sports and go somewhere where you could meet girls so it's drumming seemed right <laughs> yeah so 
you thought the drums was the easiest. God, that's what I always hear I about. I thought it was easy, and it's not. It's really no, hard. No, it's not. It's incredibly hard. <laughs> I know, but it it seemed to me like it was easy. But then I then I wanted to be I wanted to be singing, and I wanted to be playing the guitar. Okay. I didn't know how to do either of those things either. So I kind of, you know, the whole thing's been a process of learning in learning in public, you know. But you like putting guys around you that can play. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing for me about the whole wonderful thing about music is has always been the collaboration. You know, the the fact that you know, you, and you kind of you got a few good people who are pretty good or good listeners and technically quite good, but. You, you kind of then everyone rises to that level you know right right instead of the you other know. way around where you want to look like the big cheese so you put a bunch of little you know mice around you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no I've got, I've got no mice I haven't found <laughs> yeah. any mice Mr. Yet. Tito did that in the old uh, Yugostagia <laughs> you put a little mice around you and then you always look like the big cat but you know you know who was the guy who knew how to pick bands was Miles Davis right Right, look right. at that. He 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 knew he wasn't going to have Dizzy's chops, but he made sure he had good cats in his band. Yeah, I mean, I, it's for me the support you know I've had for like as a songwriter mm -hmm. to be able to present songs that I write to the, the musicians that I work with is is humbling, you know, every all the time because it's you know people the fact that people can they'll take take a raw idea and then turn it into something really beautiful. It's very cool. Yeah, generous. Uh, but, you know, that's what a band is. I mean, there is a weird duality. Yes, yeah, somebody it's hard to dream by committee. But then when you put it into yeah. action, it's also hard to, like, manhandle it yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if you do, like, I mean, we've tried, I think with the Mekons, we've tried to work out which is the best when, when the, mass, the mass sort of works better. You know, maybe we'll we'll allocate people. People will be kind of you know, they'll have roles where they're in charge, but it's, they're not in charge of everything. So it's not like everybody's bickering about every decision. We just let certain people decide some some things, certain people decide other things. But basically, it's always a kind of collective will, you know. And it's often a kind of you know, if one person's really pissed off about something, you know, we wouldn't want to we wouldn't want to go that that route, you know. Sure, sure. The meat kind, it's it's kind of a creature, right? From literature, or it's no, it's from science fiction. It was science a, fiction. A, okay, a giant headed green alien. Evil oh, it's from a movie, uh, a B movie. It was yeah, it was well, it was a comic strip in England called Dan Dare. That's what it was, a comic space strip. pilot of the future. Dan the Dare. <laughs> And the first Mekons gig, the Mekons, uh, I was in the band, but I didn't bother to go to the first gig. Really? <laughs> so and Andy Gill from the Gang of Four played drums, and they came on stage on a sofa with the word spaceship written on the side of it. <laughs> and they were called Dan Dare and the Mekons. But then because Corrigan was singing most of the songs, everybody thought he was Dan Dare. Oh. But he, he didn't want to be Dan Dare. So, so they became the Mekons, which was kind of a funny joke because... It's like there's only one, there's only one Mekon in the comic strip. Oh, and it's like some evil brain or some shit it's like, like a Margaret Thatcher sprayed green fly, <laughs> fly, flying around on a on a tea towel. Oh, that's right. They had a little spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little dinner plate or something. <laughs> 
It's all green. This is we're, we're talking like early fifties or something, right? Middle fifties. Well, it, it was that you know after Britain, you know, won won the war, etc., and everyone, you know, what's the next frontier? We'll just have Spitfire pilots in space with stiff upper lips and the British Empire carrying it to the stars, you know. And, yeah, and so the, the you know the Mekong was a kind of like Hitler substitute. Yeah, right. <laughs> The enemy we've met the do you, do you remember do you remember Pogo, that comic strip? Pogo? Yeah, Pogo? it's an old US actually it was a political thing that was in like Square John papers. But anyway, oh, there's this one it, sometimes it'd be only one panel and it was uh, Pogo goes, We've met the enemy and it is us. So that's what I always thought Mekons was, like we are the enemy. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we had a couple uh I have both a, <laughs> I have both a, a continent and an ocean between uh, me and you and Leeds, so there was yeah. kind of a filter there. Sorry, John. You played over there, though. <laughs> What's that? You played over there, though, a lot, I'm sure. A bunch of times, but not at that time. Not, I didn't. My yeah. first time was 82 at the 100 Club with Black Flag and Minutemen. Right, right. So, so for so first five, six years of punk, I only knew you guys by records. And, like, hardly anybody came played. Only like yeah. first ones, like that's a long time to get over. It was yeah. a long time, to- long time, and some I never ever saw, like Pop Group or Alternative Television or Mekons. You know, right? I know you guys came later, but I was touring so much I missed you when you had the ladies in the band. Look, we're at the end of the first hour of Peter Show, uh, December seven, two thousand fourteen edition. Brother Matt, yeah. I guess John Langford, hold tight for hour two. December 7, 2014, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. My cup's half full, but my brain is empty. I'm overflowing in the land of plenty. That change must come Can you break a 20 All messed up with somewhere to go Looking good for radio There's no good time to talk to me Between 255 and 3 All drugged up with a posse toe Looking good for radio I'm bad news on the phone And as you'd expect Bad news long distance and worse collect You got a taste for the bad, bad time 
gonna leave a bad taste behind Glorious trail Of uncommitted crimes All beat up with somewhere to go
Say hello to everybody Won't you say hello for me You see I can't go back and forth no more At least physically
as I find my car keys, I'm gonna hit the road. Soon as I find my car keys, I'm gonna hit the road. You had me in the basket, baby, but now I've broken your hole.
Robert P. Show. Start the second hour off with uh, Looking Good for Radio. John Langford and his Sadies. Then we are uh, heard on the dime with Dear Blanca. Hello to everybody by Waco Brothers. Bye bye by the Warblers and Waco Express by the Waco Brothers. Uh, Waco, where'd you get this name? Uh, have you been? Uh, there's a town on the I 35 in Texas, right? Um, yeah, it was that weekend. Oh, Mr. Korish. We started, we started, yeah, the Dean was saying we'd, we'd have a different name for the band every week. And the reason for that was because we were pretty shit when we started. So they would, if we if we had the same name every week, no one would come. So Oh, oh you mean, yeah, not together. Okay. So we kept changing the name and it was John Boy and Dino and it was Ranch Quake and it was like Church of Country and Western Music. It was all these different names. Ranch Quake. Then, <laughs> Then one, then one week it just ended up being um, the Waco Brothers because of the David Koresh disaster. And but you know uh, what? You know what's also that town is famous for? What? Doctor Pepper. Who? Yeah. It's a drink. Oh, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. What's it say? Ten, two, four. Because it used Dr. to be a little Pepper. diet. There's a little clock on it. I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, well, that's why we had you on the show, so we could learn this shit like this. <laughs> it's important. I'm processing this information now. Yeah, that's where Dr. Pepper... Pepsi's from oh, Raleigh, right. uh, Coca-Cola's from Atlanta. A lot of those soft drinks come out of the South. But I remember I was going through there on tour, and I remember there was some cat on the roadside selling little dolls of Mr. Korish. Ooh. I know. Action like Suvies? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like action figures. <laughs> it, it was, was just a bizarre time. Up. So while I was going through that town, you were naming your band. What a trip. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't do that. And it sort of stuck because the night, the night we played as the Waco Brothers, we were actually quite good. Okay. So, so we kept the name then. And it, I know it's been a bit, a little bit awkward because I still don't even really understand what happened that day. And, you know. I imagine it was like the government's overstepping the mark against a bunch of people who were raving lunatics, and it just seems a very sad, sad thing. So it ended up it was, really terrible. Yeah, disaster. You know, horrible. And uh, and it was used for stuff later on, right? The Oklahoma building. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Which I got kind of connected to. I had FBI come to my house because I stayed in the tower. That guy rented the truck. Why were you there, Mr. Watt? I was on tour, sir. And I showed him all my receipts. It was a strange thing. One guy, one agent looked like Lee Harvey Oswald, and the other looked like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton wouldn't, see, <laughs> he wouldn't say anything. He just looked at my pettibone uh, patents on the bulkhead, you know. Hmm. And uh, the, the Lee Harvey guy was giving me the third degree, and uh, I had a fever. I was kind of sick. And finally, you know, what's this about, officer? And... Uh, well, I got to make up my mind, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. I, you know, there was something funny. He says, "What's that?" Well, I was robbed when I was away on tour. This last couple months, he said, "Why? Why is that weird?" And I said, "Well, uh, not a lot of stuff was stolen, just ransacked." And yeah, so why? Why is that weird? And I said, "Well, I don't know, but could have been right wing militia." <laughs> <laughs> he got pissed off. <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, look, I want to take a picture of you. Now, I could come to that, down to the DMV and get it there, but what about here? And I, 
And then that's when the Bill Clinton guy said, and he finally said something. He said, did you paint these paintings? I said, no, my buddy Raymond did. And in fact, you know what? Uh, for your uh, fellow philosopher here, I, I will take a picture for him right in front of one of these paintings. <laughs> <laughs> they took their picture, and I never heard from them again. So I guess really? I got off the hook. Really? Yeah. saved your ass. Maybe uh, already made up in his mind I wasn't the right guy. It, it was just a coincidence I was in that town. You know, I, 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 I wasn't in the same hotel. In fact, a couple of years ago, I seen that hotel being torn down. It was called the Dreamland or something. I was just in some Super 8. I usually don't use towels. I, I was by myself, so I just conked in a, this thing called Super 8. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting on a tangent. Brother Matt, how close are you with your... Uh, I'm ready. John, we got here... Uh, the spin cycle, brother man, put together some beats. They could have disappeared, you man. Has <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> been listening, listening to the tales. Yeah, and then in a, so you can take a piss, but make sure you can hear what he's doing because he's going to slam some beats. The word is about there's something evolving. Whatever may come, the world keeps revolving. They say the next big thing is here, that the revolution's near. But to me it seems quite clear that it's all just a little bit of history repeating.
white rum Laid on the tracks just to rest some You never heard the train coming Get something that I can sing along with. Play it faster, play it slow. But bring that thing way down. So Sally and will know how I feel. Whoa, that dog craps everywhere. Looks like it's time to rearrange some chairs. Let's toss the throw rugs all over there. Chuck a little glade up into the air. Now, sing me a country western song. Make it something. driving you what was motivating what was inspiring you for this week's spin cycle i had a medley of inspirations starting with uh, your guys little conversation of shirley basie oh, yeah. um so we started there frank zappa 20 years this week he died so we had some zappa and uh and i was mentioning i saw that over fingerprints the other day at the record store that uh, they got the big captain beefheart thing right, so right. slips some of him in there too did you ever get to see uh captain beefheart John. I did, actually, in 1980 when he played uh, Manchester Apollo. Wow, cool. You know what? The, the, C- the, the Mekons were in one row and the Fall were in the next row. And we wow. were all, like, sat there. There's a CD here, Brother Matt's got, that's got Manchester from that, that gig, 1980. Yeah, that's, the, the that's when we went there. <laughs> it says Manchester 1980, My Human Gets Me Blues, hot hit. Oh, so it's Doc at the radar station. I saw that tour, yeah. too. I had knee oh, surgery. Yeah. I was in a cast. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic gig. We got in because uh, we had a Balinese tour manager, and she went up to the front door of the Manchester Apollo and said, "We are good friends of Don Van Vliet." Whoa! And they were they were completely confused. And then somebody went away and came back and said, "Don Van Vliet, that's Captain Beefheart. Let them in." <laughs> Congratulations. We were, but it was a great, yeah, and it was really weird. We got in there, and the, like Mark E. Smith and Mark Riley and all the guys from the fall were in the next row to us. So it was like, you know. You know what? Tony Mamoni from Perubu told me the same thing happened like in 75, 74 in Kent, Ohio. That uh, the Devo guys, the Perubus, uh, the Pretender Lady, they were all at this one Beefheart gig. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So, and you were saying be, you were saying before it's something about uh, people coming play in your school with the, the Sex Pistols and stuff. So there was yeah. these kind of gigs that brought people together. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's like when the Sex Pistols played in Manchester in nineteen, you know, seventy six or something. It, it's, you know, it's the basement of that room where Bobby Dylan played his electric thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's there's like friggin' everyone in that room formed a band or did something interesting, you know. Right. It was just it was a very it was a weird time, you know. It was a kind of fracture in in normality, you know. Suddenly, a lot there was lots of people understood simultaneously that something different was going on, and you know. Yeah. But I was I was always really like Beefheart. Beefheart's just fantastic. When we signed the Virgin Records. Yeah. I'd go in the city office and they had beef art records in the cupboard, you know. I think Doc at the radar station was on Virgin. Yeah, well, we were signed at the same time. We were like label mates with Captain Beef Art for about and three minutes. For Crow, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Crow. You know what? When Punk came, we thought, and we heard it, we thought Stooges and Beef Art were already doing this kind of mindset thing and they just didn't have a name for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was. Um, it was I don't know. The, the, I always kind of like veered more towards the American stuff, and stuff okay. like Perubu and you know, television and bands like that really were really interesting to me because I wasn't that interested in the sort of you know like we talked about before the sort of speeded up heavy metal kind of like smash the system stuff. But what about stuff like Fall or alternative television or? Uh... Oh, lemon yeah, kittens! Was, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of you know. You know what about lemon kittens? <laughs> I mean, the fall was. I like the the whole a lot of the stuff in the north of England. Yeah, was built on that premise that it was a state of mind, not a fashion. Yeah, and I felt like a lot of stuff in London was like it was a fashion, and it kind of you know played games with the media, and it was there was a lot of kind of like, all right, we're real rebels, so we'll sign to a major label immediately. And, <laughs> yeah. You know. That's what was funny. Th- those are the only bands we saw was Jam and Stranglers and Clash and maybe like maybe for the first record it was okay, but it was just all regular rock and roll after that. Well, the Stranglers were, you know, they were all in the they were all in their fifties in that. <laughs> so it was kind of strange, you know. Hey, tell me about this uh, Waco Brothers with Paul Birch. Oh, that's a nice little album. We will we. Uh, he just had this, he's a songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, and he just, he really liked, we did a lot of gigs with him, he was signed to Bloodshot, and uh, he just had this idea, he wanted to make a record with the Waco Brothers, because he said it was like being on, being on stage with a rocket going off, so, you know. <laughs> okay, let's listen to some of that right now, this, this, this tune's right. called uh, The Great Chicago Fire, I guess it's the name of the album, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
used to uselessness. Getting used to uselessness. Getting used to uselessness. Never knew the tenderness. Lost his only friend. Never had much sympathy or kindness in the end. Rocks to riches move on up.
for Pedro Show, uh, last music for the second hour. Uh, great Chicago Fire, Waco Brothers and Paul Birch. After that was Orange Disaster with Won't You Please. 
John Langford and Skull Orchard. I got to ask you about that next hour. Uh, getting used to uselessness. And then Roosterhead, brand new, in Buddha's Palm. And finally, Pigsville by Waco Brothers, which is kind of appropriate. And <laughs> <laughs> the middle hour with Pigsville. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, November 7th, no, December 7th, yeah. 2014. <laughs> second hour walk from Peter Shore, our guest brother Matt, John Langford. Hold tight for hour three. December 7, 2014, it's third hour, Walk from Pedro Show. The warm summer sun at the end of the day. For an evening that lasts forever Gently sleeping on the soft green grass Or riding out on a frosty morning Happiness in the freezing
step out here and take my hand across the floor where there's space to move and I don't care who's playing in the band I just want to get closer to you well I don't mean to sound pedantic but what are we gonna do now I came back and built this wall so you could tear the whole thing down you could tear the whole thing down just for the day everything makes sense feel your anchors glamming on the floor and every tune seems so familiar we must have heard them all before looks like that big clown's gotta go he walked right back into Sonic booms out over the channel People lock themselves inside But the air tastes good and it's the same air that you breathe When you were dancing by my side Hey, hey, the band just keeps on playing And I hope things wouldn't get this far Come on down to the drugstore Come on down, sweet Geraldine Come on down to the drugstore There's someone waiting there for me Hey, hey, the band just keeps on playing Walk for Pedro Show started third hour off with uh, some uh, more contemporary Mekons. Uh, Warm Summer Rain and Space in Your Face. Then uh, One, Two, Three, Forever by John Langford and Skull Orchard. We played some last hour. I'm going to ask him about that. Miss Lana Rebel and the Broken Promises with Whiskey You Bring. Uh, Paranoid Fuck by Teen Lust. And these, these teenagers, they send me a, their music. It's called Paranoid Fuck. And they're, yeah, they call their band Teen Lust. It's these three teenage boys. Flint. You know, you know what band was from Flint, right? Grand Funk Railroad. Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, who's that documentary guy? Uh, Michael Moore. Yeah, that's him. He's and then that finally, than me. Oh, really? Dr- Drugstore by John Langford and his Sadie's. Now, now, please tell me about this uh, skull orchard. Well, you know, it's like when you, you know, you're in bands and you you write songs that don't really fit with any of the bands, and you don't think any of the bands would really like them. So, by about 1997, you know, after being having been doing this for 20 years, I ended up with a big pile of songs that I thought I better make a solo album and put put them on it, and it was. 
and I worked out the sort of theme for the album. All the songs, you know, were based about about my you know real personal experiences and but and about sort of South Wales and where I grew up, which was I didn't really know I was feeling nostalgic for it, but you know, you you grow up somewhere with a lot of character and like you know it's. It, be, it, became, it just became a thing for me to try and try and write about, about that part of my life, which was, you know, nobody else in any of the bands knew anything about. So that's the, the Skull Orchard. Skull Orchard's, a, Skull Orchard's a bar where no one comes. <laughs> oh, okay. But the, it's, are they Chicago Cats? Uh, well, a bass player on the, in the Skull Orchard is Alan Doughty, who was uh, in Jesus Jones. So... Oh, they're they're from England, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's been. We, me and him have been playing for a while. He played in the Waco Brothers, but yeah, he's an English guy. So okay, okay. From, what, 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 you know, you you said twenty years you've been doing this, but how long has Chicago seen? More than twenty years now. Oh well, I mean, you know, if you were asked to describe Chicago scene, I think when I moved to Chicago, it surprised me that it was a place where you could get things done. Okay. And it, yeah. it wasn't a place where people were asking you what your record label was or, you know, you, or you had to kind of like impress people. It was a place where people want, asked you what, how they could help you, you know? Wow. You know the nickname of that town, right? The Windy Sea. No, but there's another nickname, Big Shoulders. Yeah, so you're Big Shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I was conceived there. I was born in Virginia, but I was conceived there. My mom even yeah. gave me the dress of the pad. I was recording in a borrowed Albini's bike and pedaled there, and I called my mom the leash. Hey, Ma, here it is. Michael Watt, you were conceived there. <laughs> I think you get uh, uh, to an age where don't, your Ma will talk about fucking anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's a, tough, it's, a, it's a tough town. It reminds me of the north of England. I lived in the north of England for a long time. Yeah, right. And I never wanted to move to London. So when I moved to a bigger city, moving to Chicago... Chicago was good for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. What about touring? Also, what was, what's well, the just, differences between touring in the U.S. and England? Um, it's a lot more uh, It's a lot more pleasant, I found, in the, in, you know, in the 80s in America. Yeah. Suddenly it became, it became like, uh, I don't know, you go to towns and have a great time. And yeah. in England, it was this drudge, I felt. It was really, there was a different atmosphere and... Most just more supportive, and people like seem to appreciate you more. And also, people had longer memories in in America. I found where in England you could be like flavor of the month one week, and the next week everyone hated you, and it would be you weren't really doing anything different. It was just like you know, there, it was such a kind of hot house. I mean, I, I quite like that. It was quite healthy. Yeah, you know, build them up and knock them down. But <laughs> but uh, you know, we I don't know. We just found tremendous support in the states and. So I would never have done half the things I now do. I would never have done them if, if I you would have stayed to. over. Okay, you you just had a scissor tour. Uh, you know they didn't send me any Three Johns stuff, but you were supposed to just go out now and do a Three Johns thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually got cancelled because the singer got sick. So oh, I'm so sorry. Well, that no, it's gonna. It's, he's all right. Okay. He's a he's a, super, he's a superhuman being, and uh, Great. he's gonna he's gonna come back next year even stronger. And we're gonna we've got a box set of all the Three John stuff coming wow. out next year. Which oh, so Three Johns have been around? 
Yeah, I was from, uh, you know. Shit, well, like you know, eight, somebody eight, once eight, told me, John, two, that the two, only eight, thing eight. new is you finding out about it. You know, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Shit, sorry. That's all right. It's, I'll tell you what, mate. Yeah. I, I, it's, there's so much stuff I've forgotten there. <laughs> you know? Here, here I, I want to play uh, Take Me to the Fires, Waco Brothers, okay? When my time expires, take me to the fires, and I will go. The only way we know Thanks to live my life now Not tomorrow You won't see my face In a higher place Oh, dear Father Please listen to me And I'd long to live Standing on this cliff One side the land lays But there's jagged rocks no way for a good man to go Offer no redemption There's no takers near Just to mind your manners We got company here I've had a feeling About those crusty old men I'm not sure if they're angels or ghosts When the time expires Take me to the fires Go. The only way we know Thanks to live my life now Not tomorrow You won't see my face In a higher place You can't stake no claim On my last name And when it's time to go Just throw me in that hole And there I gladly lay Cause this one wears me out With all these offerings of false gold The dogs want my money The false want my eyes From where I'm standing I realize One side the land lays But those jagged old rocks Are starting to look real good to me When time expires to the fires and we are cold the only way we know thanks for living my life now not tomorrow you won't see my face in a higher place
time that I saw your face You walked in from the rain You walked right on the center stage And we hit it right off with a bottle of scotch The world was a better place Time can go by fast when you're living so very, very far away They say
body lies bare. Shaved and hairless, the lights were screaming now lie silent and almost sleeping. The brain must have gone away. Traps killed to the right painful. Who should cause the body to wither and die? Chapter's coming, 
Pedro Show, last music for uh, today's edition. Hey, we got the Xmas pres- uh, parade, huh? It happened today at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, yeah, right. yeah. They're going from 13th Street and then starboard on 6th. It's something like that. And then Matoko Honda's playing up in Pasadena. Oh, cool, cool. So I, I thought she was on her way down. I want to get some pictures for Bob Lee and his LED. Uh, last music for the edition Waco Brothers, Take Me the Fire. Then Mass with Astral Projection. Astral. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to pronounce that, is there? <laughs> it's like Arsh. even if you have the strongest guy, biggest muscular dude, and his name is Thor. <laughs> I mean, how manly can find Thor? I bet you're Thor. <laughs> and then, uh, come a long way, more Waco Brothers. Uh, Salad Days, Kill Switch, Engage. That's a trippy name. Wrong Side of Love, Waco Brothers and Paul Birch. Now, Lady Godiva, Tam McGuire did something with my voice, mm. and I just thought I'd throw it in. Oh, cool. What the fuck? So I could be part of the John Langford uh, musical journey. Sweet. Book of Your Life, John Langford and Skull Orchard. Skull, so Skull Orchard, not a real band, just something you put together for this project to talk about back home. Well, yeah. It, no, but it, it, it turned into a real band after a oh, while. Oh, okay. I mean, we okay. Did, and we did an album this year called uh, Here Be Monsters, Shit, which very much... Very much was a band album, you know. But they didn't. They didn't send that to me. They sent that's me. That's not called... a bloodshot. I'll I'll have to send you one. It was on a label called uh, Indigut, okay. in the Gutter Records in New York. Put that out. Wow, this it was one nice. was it's called, called Bill, think, Ma- Bill think... McGathy, and he he just he sort of came to you know know about me via my artwork because I I paint as well, so he. Like found, that's right, you know, that's he, right, that's he never, right. he never even knew about my music. So he, he got some of my paintings, and he paid me to do design tattoos to go on his body and stuff like that. You, take, never you really design tattoos, John? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I do some big ass skeletons right down your leg, mate. <laughs> yeah. well, I grew up leaving <laughs> housing, so I saw enough fucking tattoos. But I actually have a little tiny one on the back of my arm where I can't see. That's the number 47. Oh, so what's that stand yeah, for? If I don't get burned up in a fire, you know a way to ID me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, what was it? It's called Old uh, old Bird or Old... This album? Old Devils? That's it. Old Devils. Let's name this album. Uh, look... I, I found out about your Peyton just recently. I didn't know either. Fuck. No, I knew it the other way. He didn't know your music. He just knew you by paintings. Do you know about some guy from England? He's got a big mustache. He does paintings, and he's made about 500 albums. 
Uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah. Oh. The, 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 he, uh, he, uh, he calls the bands bunches of different things, but it's Billy all, Childish. That's it. That's it. I think he's a poet too. Yeah, no, no, he's fantastic. I just have, I was having a total senior moment then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Hey, <laughs> no, hey Billy Childish. Well, what's his story? What, I don't really know about him, but somebody gave me a buttload of his music and dude. Oh no! Check it out. It's really good. He's a really good. He's an interesting painter. He's a. I don't know. He's just done. Music is kind of garage. He's one of those guys who's just been at it for a long time. Okay. Where? where what so, part is he from? I think he's from the south. Okay. South Southern England. I would have thought. I mean, his bands, his stuff. But he does these wild paintings. But his style is more like a, not so tattoo. It's more like a, maybe William Blake or something. Great. <laughs> right yeah. 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 <laughs> Tattoo, well, Newport, you know, the port thing, maybe. Where, 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 where does this go back? To, to, What's to, that? To, did you paint before you started doing drums and guitar? And... Yes. Yeah, that was, I just drew. When I was a kid, I just drew all the time. And I always thought I would go to art school because that would be like an easy option, you know? Wow. I thought I'd go to art school and sit around drawing for three or four years and then then deal with like the realities of life after that but as soon as I got to art school the punk rock thing happened and we you know immediately formed the Mekons so yeah I never really had much chance to do it and it wasn't no but I know a lot of dudes and bands who who paid Boone was a painter Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a trip yeah it's no it's amazing when you find when you talk to people it's like and the number of bands that formed in art school is also weird I mean going back to we worked with uh, a guy called Dick Taylor. Uh-huh. Three things. He played with the Mekons for quite a few years. And uh, amazing guitar player. He had that band, the Pretty Things. And he was like, you know. Yeah, in Pretty a, Things. He was in the Rolling Stones when they first started. You know? Yeah, Ron Astrid's favorite band was. With uh, Keith, Keith Richards and Strange, you know. And those guys were kind of art school too, right? Same with the Who guys. Uh, Townsend or something, Ant Whistle. Yeah, yeah, John Lennon. I mean, you know. Well, John Lennon was art school too, wow. Yeah, yeah. The liberal a, education, mate. You put you in a room and then yeah. you do whatever you want. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Nice. <laughs> Look, if somebody was going to ask you about advice in this music racket thing, what would you give them? Advice? Ooh. When it comes to music. I would feel a bit leery about doing that because, you know, who am I to bloody advise anyone about anything? You're but, not, you're not. But I asked you, so that's the only reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think these days, particularly, it's just like, don't, you know, don't worry about the career kind of yeah. thing. Just, just you know, if you want to do it for a bit, don't worry about the lo- the logistics of it all. Yeah. Just make make a bit of noise, you know, and see what happens. If you like it, then keep doing it. And if you don't like it, don't stop, you know. Don't stop. If you don't like it, stop. You know? oh, okay. like, there's a bunch of kids right here in Chicago at the moment. There's literally a, a a kind of garage rock high school thing going on. My son's 17, and he's got a great band called The Unknowns, and uh, he's got mates. Have you heard of a band called? Uh, Twin Peaks or the Orwells? Uh, the Orwell, uh, James Williamson told me about. Maybe he had one of those kids sing. Yeah, that's right. One on of them sang, project, yeah. On his side thing, yeah. Mario, Mario from the Orwells. Well, he's a mate of my son. So th- these are it's kids. Kind of, 
Okay. Really cool little. It's a really cool little scene of just kids just nice. making a fucking load of noise, and it's brilliant. Oh, I love cool. it. John, that's great advice. I want to thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, me and brother. Yeah, Matt. cool conversation. Yeah, uh, we just enjoyed the fuck Pleasure out of you. And I've thank you for Skype, keep going and not stopping. What's that? I just I can just Skype you both anytime I feel like it. Yeah, know? yeah, you're you're in the, the love grotto. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, a pleasure point. <laughs> Somewhere north of the equator, but west of the Rocky Mountains. Look, it's really our honor. Thank you so much. Keep on keeping on. That's what John Fogarty told me. I'll pass that on to you. You don't need to hear it from me because you will. You got, you got uh, it in your got blood. No choice now, mate. No choice. Is now, I want to check out your, uh, your art. That's, that, the Watts got to learn up mm. on this. But thanks so much. Right. And please send me music from your son and from this uh, new orchard, Skull Orchard, and Three Yeah, times. I'll send you that album. Yeah. Give me monsters. Okay. Thank you much again, John. Uh, no, okay, I don't even bro. know what it's called. See you later. Okay. Right Brother Matt, thank you so cool, much for your always cool. evening. Pleasure. Pleasure. See you next week. Definitely. Okay. Everybody, keep your powder dry. Yeah.